Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, we're in the final week of a series called Tactics. Uh, for those of you that have, uh, every time I say that, I want to do think that gospel music's gone too. I can't help myself. I'm going to have to find a new phrase. Uh, if you have not been here, then uh, I'll catch you up just briefly. But if you have been here, you know what we've been talking about. Basic premise is this. I am, I'm concerned because, um, you know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 that we should be very aware how the enemy works. That's not what concerns me because most of you know that the enemy is working against you and you have some concept of how he works. Uh, for some of you, you know it's, uh, he works on you through lust. For some of you, you know he works on you through anger. For some of you, you know he works through food, through football, through, okay, I'm meddling now, all right. You know that he works against you, right? And, and, and you're aware of that. You're, you're aware enough because you've experienced some defeats and some bruises and some battering by the enemy. But my concern is, is that often, or at least in my opinion, what's taken place is we become super aware of how the enemy works and we have no concept or idea of how God works. So therefore what happens is God is working in our life. Amen? All right. So we're on the same page. He is working on our life. But if we don't know how he works, we tend to resist him or to ignore him. Or in some cases, in extreme cases, God's working on us and we think it's the devil. Okay, I knew I wouldn't get no help there, but that's all right. That's what I've discovered. So, so we're trying to figure out how God works. And just, uh, you've got your catch-up card. It'll catch you up. But let me just say this. We know that one of the tactics God uses is he sends worshipers out front, and worship precedes uh, a victory. We know that God goes before us. We've got to let God get out ahead of us instead of us getting out in front of God and trying to make decisions and then asking him to bless us. We've got to let him get ahead. Uh, don't, don't stop me while I'm preaching good. And then last week we talked about that he comes behind because often the next step is ours. And too often in life we're waiting on God and God is waiting on us. Prepare the way of the Lord. There are practical steps for everything you ever needed in life. There is a practical step that you can take that will unlock the supernatural. Okay, okay y'all didn't like it last week, but... You must not like it much better this week, uh, uh, but it's just the truth. We, we want God to fix everything without us doing anything. And uh, so anyway, so one of the most important uh, messages in this series is today. We're wrapping it up, and I believe that what we're going to talk about today is a tactic that is one of the most misunderstood tactics that God uses, and this particular tactic is probably the most used by God and it is one of the most difficult tactics for us to cooperate with. When God begins to operate like we're getting ready to talk about, we have a difficulty of, of cooperating with this, but it's the, he, he uses this tactic, and, and I'm going to say it like this. The tactic that God uses is that he gets skinned. God gets skinned. Now, what does that mean? Let me, let me try to explain. What I'm saying is that, in other words, God uses people to impact and influence people. All right. Now, there's two reasons I believe that this, this tactic of God using people 
is so difficult for us to cooperate with and understand. And so y'all need to take a lot of notes today because I'm getting ready to help y'all a lot today, I promise. Okay, the first reason it is so difficult for us to cooperate with this and to participate and to understand this tactic is because to cooperate and understand this tactic requires great levels of discernment <laughs> and maturity and honesty. So it makes it very difficult. The second reason this one's so difficult to cooperate with and understand is because we don't get to choose the people. Gotcha, okay. Uh, some of y'all thinking of family members right now. I don't, don't be getting ahead of me. Uh, we, we don't get to select the people. God selects the people. And that makes it extremely difficult. And so, so that, that makes it tough. Here's the fact. The fact is, is that one of God's most used tactics is that he assigns people to us. Now, one of the ways that we know that this is true is because we can also state out of knowledge that the enemy of our soul, the devil, the way he operates is he's a great counterfeiter. He perverts things, correct? That's what he does. He, he's never had an original thought in his whole life. All he does is he takes what God intended and he warps it and twists it, right? There's always a thread of truth in there. He, he, ju he just perverts things. So, since we know that, can we also be honest enough to say that most of us would testify that the enemy, we've witnessed it, we've experienced it. The enemy has assigned people to our lives. Okay, all right. We know that because uh, uh, they, they walk through in our life and, and they leave pain and they leave destruction and they bring chaos. And, and so we know that the enemy assigns people to our life. Y'all want to agree with me? You want me to stop right there and let y'all shout their name out? Little little therapy this morning. You want to just? I'll just pause and y'all just all shout their name out at once. All right, just just shout out that. No, don't do it because some of them are sitting next. Never mind. Um, so so uh, I'm just messing with you. Uh, we we've all experienced that. Did you know Jesus experienced that? He had a, he had an assigned person to him from the enemy. His name was Judas. The difference between Ju Jesus and us is that when the enemy assigned someone to Jesus, Jesus had this ability to flip things that the enemy meant for harm. For good. We struggle with that a little bit. And so since we see what the enemy can do and we know that he's counterfeiting and he's perverting and twisting, then we can make the logical understanding, the jump, the leap that God also, the original plan is that God also assigns people into our lives. That's what he does. And so the wisest man on the planet wrote about this. He made a statement that we all like to quote, but we don't even understand that when we quote it, what we're literally saying is that this is one of the tactics God uses. Let me see if I can help you. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Right? You know what he's saying? It's this idea that relationships are tactically used by God to make us better and to keep us on track. God assigns and he places and he commissions people to sharpen us. One man said it like this. His name's Tom Holliday. I don't have a clue who he is, but he, he made this statement. I think it's good. He said this. He said, in the beginning, God created you for relationships. He made you to relate to him and to others. Miss out on relationships and you're missing the core reason for which God put you on this planet. A life without relationships may well be a simpler life, but is also an empty life. 
God assigns people to us, and he assigns us to people. Okay, so, if we are going to understand and participate in this tactic of God getting skinned, then we need to understand this statement right here, and it's in your notes, so I want you to make sure you get this because this one's going to help you. It is this. You cannot align a relationship if you do not define a relationship. All right? So if you're going to understand how God works through people, you have to be able to align. If you're going to align with what God is doing, you've got to be able to define the relationship that God wants you to have with certain people. Okay, so out of that, I just want to break it down very simply to you and say that I am convinced that God assigns two types of people. They're tactically placed in your life, and they're assigned there to, to fill two very important roles. And let me stop and say this. This is true whether the relationship is a vertical relationship, which means they're above you. It is also true if it's a horizontal relationship, which means they're on the same level of you. It does not matter whether it's vertical or horizontal. God will assign people into your life for these two particular roles. And if you are going to participate with him, you need to be able to define who in your life is filling these roles so that you can cooperate. All right, here are the two roles. He will assign people to you to be comforters, and he will assign people to you to be confronters. Okay, you can examine scripture and you can find this throughout scripture. Let me, let me just throw a couple of examples out there. How about this one? Uh, Moses had Aaron, but he also had Jethro. You know, Aaron was like his help guy. He's my right-hand man. But Jethro was his father-in-law, word. And uh, Jethro jerked Moses' chain and said, the way you're leading the people is not correct. You're killing yourself. Okay, y'all remember that story? Read your Bible. There's some cool stuff in there. All right. Uh, how about this one? David had a Jonathan, but he also had a Samuel who would look at him in the eye and say, you're the man, you messed this up. Okay, y'all know where I'm headed. It's going to get tight in here. Uh, Peter has John Mark, but he also has Paul who says the way you're dealing with the Gentiles is wrong. Okay, so here we go. God gets skinned in two ways, and we're going to talk about these two roles because I need you to identify these people in your life. In fact, at the end, I'm going to give you time to do that. I'm going to let you walk around and point at people and say, you're my confronter. You're... No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Some of y'all were like packing your stuff up, ready to leave. I'm, I'm going to slip out. When he prays, I'm gone. Some of y'all do that anyway, but uh, you were really going to do it today. We locked the doors already. They're chained on the outside. You can't get out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm messing with you. God gets skinned in comforters. I need you to understand that God assigns people to your life that will help you maintain pace during hard seasons. The, listen, he's going to put people in your life like Aaron and her who come along and they help you keep your hands up. These are the people that have the right words with the right smile and the right touch at the right moment, that just about the time you were going to give up and quit, they step in and they help you walk through life. They're assigned to you. That's a tactic that God uses. God knows he will not put on more on you than you can bear, but he also recognizes you can't bear this burden alone. 
And so he will assign these people to you. And I'm going to make some statements in both sections here that you need to really pay attention to and maybe even write them down, even though I didn't include them, because I think it will help you identify because you can't align if you don't define. So I want you to be able to identify. And, and this is a statement I need you to understand, that if you don't have a comforter in your life, if you can't figure out who that person is or those people are, and you have nobody in your life that is a comforter, let me tell you what happens. If you don't have a comforter, your molehills will turn into mountains. And what was supposed to just slow you down will stop you permanently. Because if you had somebody coming along and helping you and encouraging you, what was just supposed to be a bump, now all of a sudden you can't do it anymore. I'm beat to death. I'm tired. I can't make it. And you quit. That's why some of you keep quitting. Because you won't let God assign a comforter to you. Okay, so how do I know if somebody's a comforter? I'm getting ready to really help somebody this morning. How do I know if God has picked someone, tactically placed someone in my life, how do I identify them, whether or not they're a comforter or not? Here, here it is, a couple things that you can use, tools that you can use. This one, you need to ask this question. Are they absent during my pain? Because if they split and run for the hills every time you start going through a hard season and they're only here on your good days and they're only around for your victories then most likely they have not been assigned to you as a comforter now let me stop right there and say this let's be very clear please don't misunderstand there's a difference between their absence and you vacating because what I've noticed is that when we're in pain, we tend to run away from people that God has assigned to us to comfort us. And we want to run away, and we, we run away from assigned comforters, and then when somehow, some way we make it through, then we want to, on the back end, we want to point a finger of accusation at those that were assigned to us and comfort and say, you aren't there. They tried to be there. You wouldn't answer the call. They tried to be there, and you wouldn't respond. They tried to be there, and you blew them off. All right? So there's a huge difference between them not being there for your pain and you vacating. Huge difference. But you've got to find people that are comfortable with your pain and show up on your worst day, not just your best day. If they show up for the ugly stuff, and we all have ugly stuff, I know they showed up for the celebrations and all the birthday parties and woohoo. But when you're down in the dumps and your life is falling apart and your family's under attack and you don't know where to turn and they rally around you, most likely they've been assigned by God to you. I'm trying to help you this morning. Here's another one. Do they produce hope? Because if they perpetuate hopelessness, Every time you in pain, you say something and they produce hopelessness rather than hope. They're not assigned to you for comfort. Okay? Do they help you feel like you can keep going? Everybody needs somebody in their life that helps them keep going. Do the words produce life or death? I'm going to give you a word of caution in both sections this morning. I need you to help. Just listen very carefully. A word of caution. I want you to be very, very careful because I think that most of us have a, I, I, I wrote a fancy word just to make myself sound smart, proclivity. What? Tendency. There we go. I'm going I'm to bring it down to my level. 
Most of us have a tendency. This is what we do. We have a tendency to confuse people who actually invite us or usher us into complacency for people of comfort. That's really good. I amen myself, all right, because I used a fancy word. Feel good. Word of the week. I challenge you, use the word proclivity tomorrow. So I have a proclivity to order caffeinated coffee. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we tend to confuse people. See, here's the, here's the caution. Too often what happens is we have people that walk into our lives who attempt to get us to settle. And then what we want to do is we want to say they're bringing me comfort wrong. Listen, someone who is assigned to comfort you will make you comfortable, but they will at the same time refuse to let you settle in your issues. Why? Because they're assigned to comfort you. But the best way I can comfort you is to convince you that what you're in right now is not the end and that there are better days out there and you got to keep moving and keep marching and keep pressing through. I'm loving on you and making you feel like everything is going to be all right. But I cannot let you settle here because you were destined for more. I comfort you, but I will not cause you or invite you or actually usher you into this moment where you go, well, I'll just have to deal with this the rest of my life. I'm just going to be this way. and it's go-. No. A true comforter will make you feel better, but they'll make you long for more. Okay. And by the way, this side note, I'm concerned that I think most of us overlook the people that God has sent into our lives to comfort us because we wish for those other people out there that would comfort us. I wish they would comfort me. I wish they'd care about me. And the truth is, is that even if they were involved in your life, they would never bring comfort anyway. And so we overlook the people that God has assigned to us. And it's like the people are trying to love on us, but nobody understands. Nobody loves me enough. Nobody checks on me enough. Yeah, but I can list five people that Facebooked me or called me. Or stopped me in the lobby and didn't want your religious little charade when they said, how are you doing? They didn't want you to go, too blessed to be stressed. They really wanted to know how you were doing. But because you were concerned that, that nobody else cares about me. And we overlooked the people assigned to us. Okay, that's good preaching. That's, man, I might buy my own tape. <clears throat> The second thing that I would say to you is the more difficult of the two, and that is that God is skinned in confronters. We have a tendency to be willing to embrace those who are assigned to comfort, but we tend to discard those who confront. We don't like the ones that are assigned to confront us. But can I tell you this morning that I believe, according to what the... The, the, the wisest man said, iron sharpens iron. I, I just believe that we need to understand the truth is, is that both comforters and confronters are equally assigned and equally essential. Okay, I told you what happens if you don't have a comforter. Now let me tell you what happens if you don't have a confronter. If you don't have a com- comforter, mole hills become mountains and what slows you down stops you, right? 
if you don't have somebody in your life that's a confronter, let me tell you, this is how I wrote it down. I want to read it to you. This is what will happen in your life. You will wander from distraction to detours. And then if you don't have somebody in your life at that point that can confront you, you will, uh, you will go from a detour to destruction. Because nobody can tell you what to do. Okay. Time out. In your own life, just for a moment, I wish I could be like Zach on Saved by the Bell. Did y'all watch him on Jimmy Fallon the other night? I just called time out and everybody freezes. In your own life, you stop one moment and think about the, the trouble and the pain that you could have avoided if you would have listened to somebody. Okay, I knew I'd get one amen because there's one real guy in the room. I knew it. I knew it. We all got to have somebody in our life that can stink and rattle our chain. How do you know? Okay, I told you how to define, because I, I want you to be able to align, so I told you how to define a comforter. How do you, how do you point out a comforter? Let me tell you how you def, uh, define a confronter. Here it is. Here's, here's some questions you can ask. Are they comfortable with my sin? Because if they are, they're not a confronter. Oh, Okay. Their confrontation will call you to get closer to God, not to get further away from Him. Some of y'all got some folks in your life that when you sin, they laugh. Or they participate. Or they fund. <laughs> or they drive. Okay. Y'all ain't like some of y'all ain't like it. Some of y'all got some folks in your life that when you sin, they're not they're cheering you on in your sin. But God assigns people to us that will not do that and will not tolerate it and will not, will not just go, oh, you'll, you'll get over it, you'll make it through. No, get your rear out of the club. Get your rear. Okay, all right, okay. I'm just we got to have people that are like that. Uh, here's another one. Are they willing to address areas and issues of your life that others just want to ignore? Some of y'all just need somebody assigned to your life that has the backbone to confront you when everybody else just ignores it and hopes I just hope they learn I just hope they get over it I just hope they get through you need somebody in your life that is bold enough to walk in and say forget that man get your life in order turn the computer off get a filter put on it quit going to the strip club and get back into your family and okay are they willing to pull you or push you word of caution I gave you a word of caution here's another one about confronters don't confuse or equate confronting with chaos see assigned confronters bring correction they do not bring confusion I'm helping somebody right now because see too often what happens is we have people that walk into our lives and they leave a path of unrest and destruction and turmoil and we let them hang around because we think they're pushing us forward but the truth is, is that they're not because a person that is on assignment from God to confront you, they will confront you without destroying you. They will challenge you, but they will do so in a manner that pushes you to, check this out, they will push you to grow, not to cower. Y'all ever gotten to like go to the, the, the uh, Humane Society or whatever it is and get a dog that's been beat? And you walk in the room, and you've never done anything wrong to them, but 
There are people in your lives, I'm going to tell you right now, the people in your lives, when you walk, when they walk into your room, and you, they're not on assignment as confronters. Because if they were on an assignment from God, when they walk in the room, you wouldn't go. Because you know they've got your best interest at heart. And you might not be comfortable with them. Listen, confronters are not the most enjoyable people to hang around. That's why none of y'all want to hang out with me. I get it. I'm playing. But if they have your best interest at heart, the wounds of a friend, iron, sharpen. I can hang out with you even if you're assigned to me as a a confronter because I know that when you tell me what I'm doing is wrong, you're not telling me to hurt me. You're telling to help me. Okay. All right, so, so again, here we are. We're right back to where we started. One of the tactics God uses is that he assigns people to our life, and you cannot align a relationship if you do not define the relationship. You cannot understand. You cannot cooperate. You cannot participate in this tactic until you evaluate your relationships and pinpoint people in your life and what they're assigned to. Now, let me help you, and then I'm going to get out of your way. Some of you are confusing the two. And you're expecting your confronters to comfort. And you're expecting your comforters to confront. And what happens is you frustrate you and you frustrate them. Because listen, your comforter will probably never confront And most likely, your confronter will never comfort. All right. So you got to let these people have access at the right times. If you here's what happens: if you only have a confronter, can I tell you what will happen in your life? You'll get angry. But if you only have comforters in your life. You won't grow. It takes both. So my question is this. Who do you have in your life that is a comforter? Who do you have in your life that you thought was comforting you, but really what they're doing is they're allowing you to settle into complacency? If they're calling you to complacency, Kick them to the curb. They're not on assignment from God. That only leaves them one other place to come from. Do the math. Who do you have in your life that will confront you? Who do you have in your life that you think is a confronter, but what they're doing is they're they're producing chaos? If they're producing chaos, kick them to the curb. Because God is not the author of confusion. This is simple. We make this way too hard. This is simple. But we don't ever stop and evaluate relationships like this. So then we just let anybody come into our lives. Okay. Now, last question. Who are you assigned to? And in what role? Because some of you in this room right now, are assigned to people in this room right now as comforters, and you won't even talk to them. 
and you watch them struggle, and you watch them go through painful moments, and you're so consumed with your own life that you've missed your own assignment. And what I'm saying is that God wants to tactically use you to produce hope in somebody. And to do that, you've got to step into your role. But God has also assigned some of you as confronters. And you're watching people sin. And you're watching people do some stupid stuff. And you keep your mouth shut because they may not like me anymore. But after this message... They're going to define correctly. So now when you walk up and say, get it straight, they're going to go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I know you're here to confront me. You're on assignment. I believe I'll cooperate. I'll go home. Right? So this is how we're going to end this morning. I am more convinced than ever that we need God with skin on. I'm also more convinced than ever that he's already skinned himself. But we ignore it, and we don't see it, and we don't understand it. So here's how we're going to get you. If you don't have it already, phone, piece of paper, shut down Facebook, shut down Clash of Clans, get to a note page. I know y'all. Get to your notes. Get a piece of paper and a pen, and as Kim plays, this is our altar time this morning. Two parts. I want you to, the first five people that come to your mind, I want you to define the relationship in your life. Where do they fit? Are they comforters or are they confronters? You got to know. You can't participate if you don't know. After you get those five, I want you to write three people down that come to mind and these are people that you think God has assigned you to I bet those three are harder to come up with because we don't think like this Father this morning I pray that we would be honest and that we would operate in a level of maturity that allows us to see people correctly God I pray that we would cooperate with this tactic. And I pray that we would be able to define relationships God, I do pray for those in the room that feel all by themselves. I pray this morning that you would assign comforters to them. I pray they would identify there are already people assigned to them. They just haven't seen I pray that you would identify for them. Father, I pray this morning that you would allow us to accept those that are on assignment to confront. We need them. We may not like them, but we need them. God, I pray that you would help every person under the sound of my voice this morning to step up and to become you with skin on. And I pray that we would identify at least three people that you've assigned us to. write those names down and the role that we're playing in their life, I pray that we would become very intentional and very serious about that role and that we would step up and we would comfort and we would confront as you lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take about three or four minutes here and then Charlie's going to come and close this out. But don't you just sit there and play a game. Be honest and transparent and mature.
Holy Spirit talk to you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.